Pastor Roy and Andrea, his daughter, and his three of his grandsons, not all of his grandchildren, because he has several in North Carolina, but there uh, should be somewhere over Chicago here about now or in the next few minutes, and they're flying home, but they won't be home before church ends today. So Pastor Roy asked me to come and open God's Word with you this morning. All right, uh, if you noticed your bulletins this morning, the Gospel of Matthew uh, chapter 1. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 1. I want to tell you that not everybody is known in life for the things they say. Uh, some people are extroverts and they've got a lot to say, don't they? I've had some extrovert friends and, and do. They've always got an opinion on something. They have some other friends that are introverts. They don't say a lot, but when they speak, they're like uh, the old commercial, E.F. Latin, people listen. But uh, some people are known for things they say in life uh, as it really stands out. I mean, it becomes uh, uh, like Abraham Lincoln, a Gettysburg Address. What are the first two words? Four score... Uh, I think of uh, former President John F. Kennedy. Uh, I remember watching him on a uh, uh, black and white TV. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We need a lot more of that these days. My dad went off to uh, finish high school, went off to World War II, and uh, General Douglas MacArthur uh, headed to Australia, but he said to the people in South in Asia, I shall return. And he did. My dad served uh, over in the a Asian theater in the Pacific and uh, always had a tender spot for uh, the Philippines where he... Uh, uh, was stationed. Mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. My dad uh, had a couple things, but I told well, something I told my children and my granddad told them. Uh, my father told them, uh, uh, money only talks once. When it says goodbye, that's exactly right. <laughs> you see, my dad was born in the early 20s. He was in elementary and junior high school during the 1930s. And um, my dad always uh, had a feeling about McMahon's furniture. They were here in Southern California. But McMahon's, uh, my dad will never forget the day. And uh, the McMahon's came and repossessed all their furniture in their house, their beds and their chairs, everything. They couldn't afford to buy it, so they rented it. But they couldn't afford to pay the rent, so out they went. And uh, so he, when he said money only talks once when it says goodbye, he was trying to say, hold on to your money. If you don't need to spend it, hold on to it. And uh, that was something I remember about my dad. But there's some people, uh, they, you know, they're not known for a lot for what they say. I was just thinking, uh, my uh, grandson, my wife and I were with my grandson's uh, play yesterday. Uh, once Upon a Mattress. It's a uh, read. Uh, update on the uh, Princess and the Pea story. And uh, the king in this account. Two hour uh, theater presentation. Doesn't say a word until the last two minutes of the presentation, if you've ever seen it. Once upon a mattress. 
That's right. But if you ask me, there's somebody in the Christmas story that has the same thing. They don't say a lot. Now, I can think of the shepherds uh, and the angels to the shepherds. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the angels have told us, right? Pastor Roy's going to open God's Word with you to Luke 2 next Sunday. He's looking forward to it already. But somebody over in the uh, Gospel account of Matthew chapter 1. If you'll turn there with me, God's Word, Matthew chapter 1. Doesn't have a record um, of having uh, spoken and said much. Or anything in our, that we have a record in Scripture. Sort of a forgotten God. Matthew 1, beginning with verse 18. We'll read the first part here and then we'll come back to it in a few minutes. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, behold, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. There it is, from the Holy Spirit. This guy was a godly God. He was encouraged by the angel of God to trust God and obey. You and I sing the song, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. But what? Trust and obey. Joseph, obey, regardless of the circumstances. He didn't say a lot. We don't have any of his speeches, but he obeyed. And how did he obey? Based on the circumstances, regardless of those. Even though there was pressure. I mean, here's a man who suddenly was confronted. His wife's pregnant. And the greatest issue of the day. I don't know if you listen to any of the newspapers or news channels or online news or whatever or talk to people. But our Supreme Court is dealing with this issue about abortion and about the life that is formed in the womb. That's the greatest issue. Joseph did what he was divinely instructed to do. It was sort of nice for Joseph. Well, not so nice for him, but I'm thinking of the angels. I mean, the, if you know the Christmas account, uh, the, an angel went to uh, Zacharias. And he got lit from the guy. He said, okay, you're not going to obey? Then you're not going to talk until your son is born. And here's what's going to be his name. I mean, it was probably refreshing to the angel. I mean, uh, the angel went to Mary and said, you're going to conceive and bear the Son of God. And what did she do? She said, let it be unto me, but she hadn't put it all together. Now Luke 2 tells us she pondered these things in where? In her heart. Joseph, 
He just obeyed. Simple as that. It's sort of nice. He obeyed and what did he do? He completed the marriage commitment to marry. That's right. In the Old Testament, what did Moses do? Ah, excuse after excuse. I stutter. <laughs> Isaiah said, what? Oh, I'm a sinful man. <laughs> Jeremiah said, I'm too young. Amos said, I'm not qualified. Jonah said, I don't like those people. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, Nineveh. What did Joseph do? He woke up and obeyed. Don't you wish sometimes you could do that? Lord, I know you're telling me to do such and such. Tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and do it. And he did it. Does God want our gold? No. Does he want our giftedness? No. What's God pleased with? Yes. Obedience. Hear my Lord, send me. Why do we make it so complicated, folks? I know some of you struggle with this. Joining the team for Under the Bridge Ministries or joining the team here in Norwalk at the at the city gatherings. That's right. And sometimes all this get, uh, obedience stuff, it's worked out and there's a little pain, a little uh, turmoil, a little struggle with it all. Uh, Joseph, he was betrothed to Mary. Eh, it was more than an engagement and less than a marriage. It was right in there. It involved the consent of the parents as well. Because whether you like it or not, when you marry, your families marry and families come together. That's right. Somewhere between step one and two, between the engagement and the final consummation of the marriage, it can last 12 to 18 months. Between step one and two, something happened. Mary was found to be pregnant. She told Joseph. Joseph had to act. Joseph had to do something. And it wasn't an easy decision that Joseph faced. That's why he struggled. Um, many have suggested he thought Mary was guilty of sin. Uh, Augustine, the, the church, one of the early church leaders in the first century, say, he suggested Mary uh, that Joseph thought Mary had sinned. I don't know about that. Joseph was a godly guy. And he respected Mary. He knew of Mary's holiness by her own life. And maybe he esteemed Mary, Mary that high. But Jewish law called for Joseph to put her away, to divorce her, to end this uh, period of time. He wasn't just a, a righteous man. He was a just man. He wanted to do things right, mercifully, uh, prudently, uh, kindly. Now, what he could have done, according to Numbers chapter 5, is he just gone in and said, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. It's over. And had some witnesses and other things there. Or he could have taken two friends with him to, uh, to Mary's parents' house. But he didn't want to be part of the street gossip. Uh, Joseph also would have lost a lot of business. Remember, he was a carpenter, the carpenter's son. Well, do we know exactly was it wood or stone that he shaped? Oh, we don't. Uh, people have their opinions. But sometimes, in fact, most of the time, obedience is worked out with a 
in the circumstances of life. A little bit of pain in those circumstances. Joseph faced that. The painful issues of not wanting to hurt Mary. And sometimes, obedience has worked out a little bit of fear. A little bit of pain, a little bit of fear. Yeah. All those circumstances. I mean, the angel didn't say to Joseph, don't be disgusted. He said, don't fear. He didn't say, don't be too angry. He said, don't be too fearful. Jesus told that to Peter. Don't be fearful. Don't you like the way things are sometimes? I do. Let's continue on in the account in uh, Matthew chapter 1 now. Verse 21, we, 20 we stopped at. Uh, verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And, 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 he called his name Jesus. She gave birth, he called his name Jesus. Why? Because the father gave the name of the children. He called his name Jesus. That's the dream that Joseph had from God. Still trying to figure out dreams or things or how God speaks today. You know, we're still working on all that, aren't we, in 2021. Um, what does God want me to do? Yeah. Religious pros 2,000 years ago. The Jewish people had it all figured out uh, how God would communicate. You and I are still trying to struggle with that. There's whole denominations of people that are trying to figure out and say, this is how God speaks, this is how God doesn't speak. Um, Joseph had a dream, and it was real simple. He decided he would obey it. It was a word from God. That's all he had to figure out. I worked up at uh, Forest Home, a Christian camp here in Southern California, uh, a number of decades ago, and there was a guy there named Sonny Salisbury. You probably haven't heard of him. But um, he's a godly guy, and he wrote some songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Songs about, did you ever, I remember one, uh, did you ever hear God speaking to you, saying, I've got a job for you, and I'll sure be needing you if it ever gets done. Isn't that Isaiah 6, verse 1? The Lord said, Who shall I send? And the Lord send me. There's the answer. Yeah. You read God speak to you like that? Maybe it wasn't a dream. Maybe it was just a conviction of your heart. You knew God wanted you to do this. To go on Operation Barnabas. To go on under the bridge. To do something. To witness to a friend. To share your faith. Uh, yeah. I remember... There's been things in my life. It might as well have been a voice from God. But it was God. It was something that, how do you know? If it honors Him and lifts Jesus up, can't go wrong. Joseph, you're going to forget Him if you could look for His speeches. 
But he obeyed, even in the middle of all the circumstances that were confusing at first. So what are you staking your life on? Joseph heard from God, he staked his life that he was right, and that God wanted him to do this. So what are you staking your life on? 13 days till Christmas, right? Yeah, today's the 12th. December 12th, we were just talking to Tom and us here at the front. We're talking, man, Christmas is coming quick. We lost a year this year because of Thanksgiving being so late. Yeah. Well, there's two views of Christmas. What God did and what we do. Now, what we do is so inconsequential in life. What God did, He loved you. He gave His life for you. He gave His Son for you. Jesus paid the debt. He's done it for you. That's it. What have you staked your life on? After all He's done for me, after all He's done for me, the old Christian chorus goes, how can I do less than give Him my best and live for Him eternally after all He's done for me? There it is. Do right. What should you do? Do right. Obey. No matter how the circumstances play out of life. And I'll give you another one. Uh, obey regardless of the circumstances. Of the consequences. Whatever the consequences. However they play out. That's right. What consequences? Well, how about verse 25 of Matthew 1? Joseph knew Mary not intimately until she had given birth to the son. And he called his name Jesus. He took her home. He didn't divorce her. Joseph was a young guy. Uh, some say 16, probably 18, 19, or 20, right in there. Um, but he became, her, he became her protector, her guardian. Uh-huh. She became his helper. That's right. And he didn't touch her intimately, physically, until after the baby Jesus was born. A lifetime of discipline was set in motion. That's something we need to learn and practice in our worlds. And he'd have to drop his tool chest at some point and uh, get married, go to Bethlehem, and then from there continue. It wasn't just one message from God that Joseph had. First, the message to go to Bethlehem. Second, the message to go to Egypt. Third, the message to return back to the nation of Israel. Yeah, I think uh, if you're not careful, you can idolize and make all these things so pretty. Um, pretty pictures of the nativity. Uh, a teenage guy, an older teen guy, engaged a young lady. He finds her pregnant. He has a dream in his apartment that God tells him, go ahead and marry her. This is a divine uh, miracle. He deals with all of that. He goes halfway across his country. He finds uh, the big six motel is full and it wasn't six dollars a night uh, for the hotel. It was 180. So what does he do? He finds a guy who rents him uh, for six bucks a stall in his garage. Yeah. (laughs) And Mary and Joseph arrive with not a minute to spare, right? That's right. She says, Joseph, it's time. Time for the baby. We need blankets and we need water, fresh water, and uh, rags, lots of rags. 
And Joseph becomes a midwife, maybe the most unlikely one in history. But the baby's born in a strange land. They don't have a lot of neighbors to celebrate and rejoice with them. That's right. And he's taken all this into account, and all this is happening, and the baby's born, and the baby's healthy. And then people start coming and singing, singing songs like we were singing just a few minutes ago. Glory to Chelsea's Deo. That's right. Pastor Roy will pick that up with this next Sunday. And then some ambassadors come from some uh, United National Group or something. And they bring uh, gold cougarans. Well, just gold, probably. And uh, place them at the baby's feet. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And while he's taking all this into account, someone comes in and says, Hey, you got to hear about the 6 o'clock news. The governor just called out the National Guard to kill all babies born in this area. And Joseph, what does he do? He keeps his sanity. And he keeps obedient to God. And Mary, she obeys Joseph. And Joseph tells Mary, we need to pack up. God wants us to go to Egypt. And you and I have seen pictures of that on Christmas cards. Maybe some of the cards that are in the lobby this morning. Cards that you've addressed to each other you put out there. I noticed some of them. I didn't open any. You know, you may have a couple of those. The flight to Egypt cards. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some of us may have a hard time buying all these consequences when we say yes to the Lord. That's right. Cortez in the 1500s when he came from Spain to Mexico. Uh, his men were talking about a mutiny and going back to Spain and Cortez burned all the ships because he needed to have total dedication to his people. Uh, consequences? They had to be totally dedicated to moving ahead. Joseph. There were consequences. Joseph took them as they came in trusting God. I'll give you one more. Uh, obedience in the circumstances, obedience with consequences, but one more. Obedience has influence as well. With his wife? I mean, Mary's the prominent figure in the Christmas account, right? Yes. But Joseph was the head of the family. But Mary trusted his decision. See, it goes back and forth. They traveled almost 200 miles to Egypt. 200 miles. My wife and I raised three boys that are adults and married and have their own families now. And um, Before our sons turned 18 and went off to college, we had never gone further than Fresno. That was the farthest from home we ever took our kids, Fresno. We never took them to Phoenix. We didn't take them. We went once to Las Vegas for a baseball tournament. Bakersfield, Fresno. They went to Egypt. How did Joseph make his decisions? He made them in account with the will of God. That's how they made. He made them. Joseph's influence on his wife. How about Joseph's influence on his son, on Jesus? Jesus taught his generation about calling God Abba. Daddy is what it means in the language of the Bible that they spoke. 
Jesus did not call God our sister in heaven or emperor. He said, pray this way, our Father. That's why we teach the followers of Jesus to pray, our Father who art in heaven. That's right. Jesus uh, was known as the carpenter's son. Uh, Jesus uh, worked as a carpenter, as we understand, his earthly years until his ministry call at age 30. He probably learned from his father. No better carpenter to learn from, though we get the idea that Joseph wasn't alive during the earthly years on the scene of uh, the life of Jesus during Christ's earthly ministry or his death. Something may have happened. Now Joseph must have been a son father to deal with a perfect son. Can you imagine, uh, no dad, don't do it this way, let's do it this way. Rather than the son, father telling the son that. In the parable of the prodigal son, who's the hero? The father. I suggest Jesus was influenced by his dad. Uh, people today, they tell us all sorts of crazy things about father figures and so on. Martin Luther, the Lutheran Church, Martin Luther, the 95 Theses, um, Martin Luther, prolific writer, commentary on the Bible, theology. He said his relationship with his father was so difficult. He had a hard time calling God Father. And I suggest many times, friends, I have friends that are chaplains in prisons and so on, teaching people about God the Father. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. And at this time of year, the Father, Joseph, obedient, even with the circumstances that were fearful and painful, obedient with the consequences that may not have been all Pollyanna, and obedient in the influence on his wife, on his son, and on you and I today, right? Absolutely. Jesus marked himself when he prayed, not my will, but what? Thine be done. What earthly example did he have? Did Jesus have? How about Joseph, his father? Not my will, but thine. Though we don't have the words of Joseph, but we have the example of Joseph. Not my will, but thine be done. And he did it. And Jesus, Joseph influenced the life of Jesus Christ with his obedience, and we influence people too. So I would speak one word. Tom said it a few minutes ago. One word at this season of the year that we would take from Joseph. Obedience. Too bad we've forgotten really about Joseph a lot of times. Obedience. That should be your response and my response. And verse 21 I love. She will bear a son. This is the angel. This is the dream that Joseph had. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. There it is. Mary's son would be the salvation 
God's salvation. After Jesus' resurrection, it's amazing that we hear there are many ways to God. Acts 4.12 Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men What? whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12 There it is. One way to God that's Jesus. No religion, no philosophy, no ceremony, nothing. And no good deeds can obtain salvation. One name, the name that Joseph was told to give to his son it is Jesus that's it that's what we're to do is obey regardless of the circumstances obey even when the consequences don't play out the way we think and obey knowing that we're going to have an influence on others for eternity would you pray with me and then that will come up Lord, we thank you for the joy of this season and give us a special sensitivity to your name at this time of year. And even when other people's arms are closed, Lord, I pray that these folks here at Grace Norwalk would have their arms open to you and to others, especially to love and give and serve regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the consequences, knowing that we have an influence. That if you allow days before you come back to her, that we have an influence that will affect the next generation. In Jesus' name. Amen.
thank you all for coming this morning. Thank you, Richard, for the message on obedience. And it's something that we really need to ponder. I, I, I think uh, each morning when we get up, uh, one of the things that we should pray for is that would God would give us not only the strength to be obedient to His Word, but also to um, do His will. Uh, it's something we should be praying, and especially during this time of the season. Uh, just a couple of announcements. Uh, looks like Don Clements is celebrating a birthday on December the 12th. I'm not going to ask him how many. Mike Williams. Uh-oh. Mike Williams on the 14th. Wow. Um, also, uh, upcoming events, we're going to have the Christmas in the Courtyard coming up next week at 9 a.m. till 10 a.m., so uh, please join us. Uh, there'll be pictures, drinks, it's in your bulletin, so if you're able to get here early, I don't believe we'll be having Bible study that day, obviously, and uh, we'll be doing that. Also, your Operation Christmas boxes, the 32 that were filled, are going to Peru. So, praise God, that will um, definitely give people a little bit of something to celebrate. Also, Carlos and Clancy Cabrera are celebrating an anniversary on the 15th. So, congratulations to them. And uh, so, as you go out today, um, one of the things we want to keep in mind is the reason for the season. We know it's all about Jesus as you go out uh, this week. Uh, just pray that God would give you the ability to not only submit, but to be obedient to Him. Um, because that's the least we could do. And it's the most important thing we could do, is obedience and submission to our Lord and Savior. So go, have a great Sunday, and uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next week.